selling packs. I think I need a bird or two. What's going on, everybody? It is Jason J. Bird Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. There's a lot going on in sports this weekend, plenty to dive into. We had a wild week in the NFL, some good games, some crazy upsets for the second straight week. Uh, the NFC and the AFC wildcard pictures are both absolute messes. Uh, the Knicks are uh, playing just okay. Uh, MLB offseason's heating up. A couple big signings here and there. Eduardo Rodriguez to the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Justin Verlander, Matt Olsen are heavily linked to the Yankees, although nothing to report on that yet. Jose Barrios just signed a seven-year, $130 million extension with the Blue Jays. So, some stuff going on. Not too much. Yankees hire Luis Rojas as their third base coach. You know, that, that's really about it for the MLB right now. Uh, again, not too much to touch on just yet. Uh, but the NFL, the NFL had a lot going on this week. Uh, we'll start off. I didn't have my my preview show due to last week's busy episode week. Uh, so the, anyways, we're going to dive into now and talk about that Ravens Dolphins game from Thursday night. And this was like another one of those shocking results as the Ravens lose to the Dolphins and it just, you know, the Ravens Dolphins and Bills, like the top three contenders in the AFC right now. They all have horrible losses to three of the worst teams in the AFC. Bills losing to the Jaguars last week. Titans, their last loss was against the Jets. And the Ravens lost to the Dolphins. So it feels like all three of those teams have that bad loss. Uh, you know, we've seen this story multiple times. Ravens get down by double digits. Uh, they struggle early. And then Lamar comes alive in the fourth quarter. And it felt like, oh, you know, that script was going to happen again. But the Finns, credit to them, they had a great game plan blitzing Lamar Jackson. The defense made life hell for Lamar on offense as he struggled with his worst game of the season. And it was the bad Lamar that at times make people go, okay, is he not an elite quarterback? I'm, all quarterbacks have those games. Josh Allen had that game against the Jaguars. We've seen Stafford have a couple of those games. Even Brady had a couple of those games. So great QBs are always going to struggle. This was just surprising against a bad team. You know, it's Thursday night. It's a primetime game in, on the road. Cummins were fired up. Uh, you know, Tua maybe even saving his job along with Flores' job. I mean, Flores is clearly on the hot seat. Maybe for them, maybe this one begins to spark a slight turnaround and they begin to play better. But, like, you know, it's still going to take more than just this one to save his job. Did Tua save his job with a great game after coming in relief for Brissett, who was injured and also struggled? It was a good win for the Dolphins. They get their third one of this season, second in a row. Maybe they're turning a second-half corner. Or the Ravens suffer a bad loss, and the AFC North is no longer theirs to win. Uh, Sticking with that AFC North, AFC East uh, game will go on the Browns-Patriots. And look, I was picking up lunch before the 1 o'clock game started. I'm on my, I haven't, haven't even gotten back yet, and the Browns already scored ASAP. They're up 7 nothing. had a great opening drive, and looks like, okay, well, looks like the Browns have a chance to, you know, dominate the Patriots. From there, though, they didn't. They the offense was horrendous. Baker was horrible. And, like, just really bad. And that's the one thing. You know, last week, the Browns offense puts up 41 points without Odell against the Bengals, and they look great. And then this week, the Browns offense has a rough game. All of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you know, no Odell. We'll see what Baker does. See what Baker does. And is immediately ready to hop on Baker Mayfield. And, you know, everyone's already forgetting about what happened last week. 
Obviously, this game was different for the Browns. The defense was horrible. You know, Mac Jones had the best game of his career. They allowed Stevenson to have two rushing touchdowns. So the Browns' defense was atrocious. Uh, for the Browns, they were playing from behind the entire game. And they already didn't have Nick Chubb. So they never really got to establish the run game and build off that play action. Uh, it was a bad game for Baker, no doubt. But I just think it's crazy that everyone, you know, no one's praising Baker for the great game the Browns have last week, dropping 41 without Odell. By the minute they lose to the Patriots, everyone's like, yep, Baker's the problem. Uh, yeah, no, no doubt this was a bad loss for the Browns, and it knocks them to 5-5. Five and five, And, like, they're in a weird spot. They obviously could still make the playoffs, but this loss really hurts them. Uh, man, congrats, first of all, congrats to Kobe Myers. He had his first career touchdown. I'm just sick to my stomach because if I started Stevenson, I would have won in fantasy. I'd be in first place right now. Instead, now I fall to six and four. I'm one, and so I'm in second place right now. Six and four in my league, tied for first. Two through three through eleven is all five and five. So it's a crazy playoff race coming up in this fantasy league. I'd be in first if I started Stevenson. I'm pissed I didn't. I was afraid. You know, I thought, oh, we didn't practice all week. Belichick might not use him that much. But, like, if that was the case, he would have been inactive. Uh, and that was stupid. And, look, for the Browns, look, they're still in the race. They're 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Look, for them, they have the Lions this week, so they should be 6-5. and five. But then after that, the schedule gets brutal. They have, they have the Ravens, a bye week, and then the Ravens. So back-to-back games against the Ravens. They have the Bengals, the Steelers, the Packers, and the Raiders. Really tough stretch of games ahead against all teams in playoff position. Right now, this team's 5-5. Five and five. They're chasing. And a lot of the teams that they're playing, they're either chasing or in contention with. Uh, you know, it's going to be a rough sailing for the Browns. Obviously, they need to get healthy. They should have Nick Chubb back by at least the second game against the Ravens, if not this first game. Uh, Baker, he got hurt, so... No idea how long he's going to be out. He got hurt again. He might not play this week, and that means they'd be starting Case Keenum. Uh, defense, though, they got to get those issues sorted out from this week because this was a bad defensive showing. Uh, but also credit to the Patriots. They won four games in a row. Three of them are blowouts. Okay, you blow out the Jets, whatever. But they blow out the Panthers, who, in Carolina, where even though they should have beaten the Panthers, they should not have decimated them the way they did. Decimated the Browns. And look, Jones has been awesome. He was great against the Cowboys. He's been really good. He's it's really him and Jamar Chase for offensive rookie of the year right now. Uh, the defense looked awful against Dallas, but since then has been fixed. Uh, you know that could be also be it's that high octane Dallas offense. Belichick's doing a hell of a job coach coaching right now. Seems two and four. They're six and four. The schedule is pretty easy. They have the Jaguars. And the and the they have the Falcons next and the Jaguars two games that they really should win. Uh, I would imagine they would beat the Colts too. They're better than the Colts. They're better than the they're better than the Dolphins. You know, yeah, they lost Week One, but they've been a better team since. Uh, they have the two tough games against the Bills. They have the Titans game. But look, like, they they're they're in the driver's seat to make the playoffs. The Patriots and it's if they miss out, it's on them. You know, you see the three the worst I can see them doing. I get, I mean. It's possible they lose both games to the Bills and the Titans, uh, and they go three and four down the stretch. Uh, but even three and four down the stretch is nine and eight and could make the playoffs. Like at this point, it's hard to imagine New England missing out. Uh, the Titans and the Saints. I mean, the Titans just continue to roll. They won six games in a row. Five of those teams were playoff teams last season. Uh, you know, four of them right now are in playoff spots, and even the Colts are still fighting for the playoffs. You know, Tannehill is not playing great. But he's playing well, and that's all that matters for the Titans. I mean, Derrick Henry's out, Julio Jones is out, and yet they're still beating these teams now. Like, 
credit to the Titans because for them last year, the big issue was defense. They had the worst third down defense in the NFL. They struggled a lot. And now we thought, okay, no Derrick Henry, no Julio Jones. This is where the Titans fall apart, where they destroy the Rams. They, you know, after that Rams, when it feels like the Saints game's a trap game, nope. They beat the Saints as well. And now here they are. They're 8-2. and two. They have the easiest remaining schedule in the NFL. They have two games against the Texans. They have the Jaguars. So I feel like three free wins. Like Titans could win out. And you know Mike Vrabel could well be on his way to coach of the year. They should get that one seed. Uh, in my opinion, though, you know as good as Tennessee's been, I don't believe they can win a Super Bowl without Derrick Henry. The defense is playing great. And if they get Derrick Henry back with his elite running ability and potentially fresh legs depending on how his foot feels and the defense playing at a high level – and Julio Jones back healthy. Like this Titans team, the sky's the limit come postseason time if everybody's healthy. But until they're healthy, like I don't know if I can trust them to win the Super Bowl, if I'm being honest. Uh, the Saints, though, uh, they're, right now their quarterback, probably, they have legit quarterback problems. Trevor Simeon's clearly not the guy, but Taysom Hill's not the guy either. You know, also, it was weird seeing Mark Ingram at 14, although he had a good game. Now they have a good defense, and the defense is going to win them games. For them, that 5-2 and two start was huge because the NFC is just a mess right now. It feels like, you know, even without 5-2, uh, and two, even without Jameis Winston, I feel like all they had to do was go 4-6 and six over the last 10 games, and that's possible with Trevor Simeon, especially with games against the Falcons, the Panthers, the, uh, you know, they have the Falcons, they have the Panthers, they have the, do they play, uh, so who do they play from the NFC South? Uh, oh, no, they, they just played the Titans, never mind. Uh, but they also have the Jets coming up. Uh, they have the Eagles, although they struggle. They have the Dolphins, so lots of winnable games on the schedule for the Saints. Even with Trevor Simeon, the quarterback, uh, just they're not going to win the Super Bowl with him. Uh, Steelers, Lions, oh, we have a tie. Uh, the Lions, they're not going to go 0-17. But, you know, they, they might go 0-16-1. Like, that's a very legitimate possibility. And, man, this was just awful football. I felt like nobody really wanted to win this game. Uh, the turnovers. And it was clear they just didn't trust Goff. Goff ended up having to throw 25 times. And they didn't even want him to throw 25 times. But that's what happens when it's a 70-minute football game. Uh, but, look, I felt like every time the game was on red zone, it was a run. You know, even on third and long with DeAndre Swift. Although, I wish DeAndre Swift at least got one touchdown and I win in fantasy because it was the backup running backs stealing the touchdowns with long runs. Uh, Mason Rudolph was just not good in this game at quarterback. Struggled, didn't move the offense. Uh, and for the Steelers, defense suffered a loss. T.J. Watt went down with injury again. You know, they say it shouldn't be too long. It was just his hip. He avoided a serious injury. Who knows how long he'll be out. And this injury is really, in my opinion, the only thing stopping him from winning defensive player of the year. Feel like if Big Ben's there, although he hasn't been great this season, the Steelers probably win that game if he's healthy. Uh, look, they didn't. They kind of struggled without him. Uh, they're now 5-3-1. and one. That winning streak ends. It's just good for the Lions, man. Like They fought hard. They fought valiantly every game. And even though they didn't get the win they would have liked, they finally at least get something that's not a loss. And for them, had a chance to win it. But what a god-awful kick at the end. The Washington football team defeats the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as yet another Super Bowl contender gets upset by a team that's not really good. Uh, Taylor Heineke, credit them. He played his best game of the season. It seems he plays his best when he's against Tom Brady because he had the best. He had a great game in the postseason against him. And for this defense, for the Washington football team, it looked like the defense of old for most of the game. 
limiting Brady with the two picks in the first half, getting pressure on him, Chase Young playing great, and then Chase Young gets hurt, tears his ACL. I mean, obviously, you guys know I love Chase Young. I'm a huge Chase Young guy, Ohio State, Ohio Stater, uh, even though he's on the Washington football team. Uh, love Chase, but unfortunately, he's hurt half of the season. You know, the Washington defense suffered a bit after he got hurt, but credit to the offense. They do what you have to do to beat Brady. Don't let him get the ball back. You know, I live bet the Bucks. Felt like they were going to win this game, just come back. But, no, the offense goes on a 10-minute drive, closes the game out, scores a touchdown, and puts the Bucks away. And it was a slip-up for the Bucks. I mean, Tom Brady, I feel like he always has these slip-ups. He always did against the Dolphins late in the season. I think they said it was the – I forgot what the winning percentage was exactly, but it was the fourth time Tom Brady's lost to a team – with us, with a winning percentage that was very low in week 10 or later, and all three of those other teams with the Dolphins. But this happens. Like, I'm not worried at all. Well, I guess I'm worried about the Giants because now the Giants, they play the Bucks, who have lost two games in a row, and Tom Brady, who's pissed off. Uh, I mean, yeah, not going to be fun for the Giants. Uh, that's one good thing, though, about the bye week. No Giants around this week, although I'm sure for you guys you like that. Uh, although... May have to miss the Giants game. I'm flying out to Vegas for Thanksgiving to see my grandma. And the flight's starting Monday Night Football. I'm praying there's direct TV on that flight, though. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Bucks without Antonio Brown, they're 1-3, and three, which is an interesting thing. Uh, but here on out, they have the Jets, they have the Colts, they have the Giants. I feel like should roll over all three of those teams. They have the Bills, and they have four division games. Feel like they get the worst, they lose two more games, like they're fine. Jets and the Bills, it's a beatdown of the Jets from the Bills. Mike White clearly isn't it. He had the four interceptions, you know, showed, all right, yeah, this is the Mike White that we kind of expected to see. You know, you know the only, you know, Mike White can't always be a star. Angela White, on the other hand, now she's a star. Uh, Flacco, man, though, he shined in his limited time, three for three and a touchdown. And after struggling last week against the Jaguars, the Bills' offense was back to being the Bills' offense. Allen and Diggs just doing Allen and Diggs things, connecting. Gabriel Davis had even over 100 yards. And this Bills' offense, man, four rushing touchdowns, four different players, too. Matt Breida, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and Isaiah Ford on a run. Uh, So the Bills, they steamrolled. Uh, They have an easy schedule. Like, outside of the Patriots, the two games against the Patriots and the Bucs, Every other game on the schedule, the Bills should win, and it feels like they'll probably at least split with the Patriots. So I'm feeling like at worst, there's like two losses in here, while the Jets, like, at best, there's like one to two wins. They're just not a good team. But Zach Wilson should be coming back, and we'll see how he does when he's back. The Colts and the Jaguars. Uh, first off, what a start for the Colts. And they just put up 17 in the first quarter. Uh, and after that, the offense kind of slowed down. I mean, the offense was slow all game outside of Jonathan Taylor, who just continues to be a beast. Because after after the 17 points first quarter, seven of which came off a defensive touchdown, they just got six points the rest of the game. Uh, so, yeah, the offense against a bad Jaguars team was not very good, obviously outside Jonathan Taylor, who just continues to be this offense. You know, Wentz, who's had a solid year, was just met in this game. And for the Colts, you know, they're 5-5, five and five, they're in that playoff race, they're still chasing, and now the schedule gets a lot more difficult. They have the Pats, the Cards, the Bills, the Bucks in the second half. You know, 
They have to take care of business, try to at least split those games, and they're looking pretty set for the playoffs. Uh, it helps that they have a game against the Texans and the Jaguars left, but those tough games are going to be a hard team. The Colts haven't shown me enough where they can beat a Colts have shown that they're a team that is like average where they'll beat the bad teams but lose to the good teams. I don't have faith in them to beat the good teams just yet. And the Jaguars, man, like, Urban at this point feels like he's on borrowed time with all the controversy and the team struggling. Uh, they fought hard. I'll give them credit. They nearly had the comeback. But again, man, Trevor Lawrence struggles. Like, I don't know what it is. This guy was the most hyped-up quarterback prospect coming in. And maybe he's had some struggles. And I know the Jaguars' offense is bad. They don't have many weapons. But my God, does he look absolutely horrible, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, I'm not gonna, you're not going to panic just yet. We see rookie QB struggle in the past. Peyton struggled. Goff struggled before eventually turning it around. Then reverting back to Jared Goff. Just weird seeing Trevor struggle this much. Uh, the Cowboys and the Falcons, <laughs> this was a slaughter game. You know, Dallas, they had their way with the Falcons, but this game, it was over by halftime. You know, it's 21-3. to Okay, Falcons are in it, but probably not. Final 115 of the half, Dallas scores a touchdown. Then they block a punt return and get the two-point conversion and, and goes from 21-3 to with 115 left, 36-3 at the half. Dallas steamrolls their way to victory. They're first place in the NFC East. Like, they're going to win that division. I think... Them and the Titans are the two clear locks to win their divisions. They're rolling. We'll see how Dallas does come playoff time. Huge game next week against Kansas City. Will they show up for that? How will the defense do? How will Kansas City look following their win? We'll talk about that game in a little bit. Uh, for Atlanta, man, like they were 4-4 four and four and in that wild card spot. But it was fraudulent as hell. The Jets, the, it was like the Broncos sort of. They beat the Jets, they beat the Giants, and then they beat the Dolphins, who are one of the worst teams in football, barely. Still, they got blown out by the Eagles. They have some bad losses in there. And they had, the, you know, the one good win against the Saints. But even the Saints, it was with Trevor Simeon at quarterback. Matt Ryan stonked, and they bring in Josh Rosen. He came in and threw a pick. Just Atlanta stinks, man. That 4-4 that four four start was very fraudulent. Sort of like the Broncos. You know, the Broncos, they beat the Giants and the Jets, much like the Falcons. And instead of being the Dolphins, they beat the Jaguars, another one of those crap teams. Started 3-0. and Came back down to earth. I credit them. They had a great win against the Cow- against the Cowboys, going to four and four, and thought, okay, they're in this race. They're three and zero against the NFC East. Uh, well, actually, yeah, so their fourth one was also against Washington, who was also a bad team. So here they were. They were at five and four, three and zero against the NFC East, and then playing the Eagles, who stink in their home stadium, and they laid a stinker. They couldn't stop the run. I mean, the Eagles. They figured out, run the damn ball. The Eagles ran for 214 yards. And the offense has looked a lot better the last three games since they've established the running game of run-heavy offense. You know, Hurts looks better. He doesn't look great, but he looks like finally. Doesn't look like a franchise quarterback, but enough. You know, Howard and Boston Scott are running really well. And, this, you know, even though Hurts isn't looking great, he and Devonta Smith are having a great connection. As Smith looks incredible. And it was just horrible that the Eagles traded up, traded over us to get him. Although we got the two picks, it's not like Jason Garrett wouldn't know how to use Devonta Smith, anyways. Uh, just like tough loss for the Broncos. They had a chance to go six and four. They're six and four. Like they're one of the frontrunners in this wild card race. They did have the hardest schedule. They play, they play, they play teams they're up against in the race. But now they're five and five, and they're chasing. Uh, they have the Chargers, who they're chasing, two games against them. They have the Raiders, who they're in the race with. They have the Bengals, who they're in the race with. Uh, so lots of teams in that race with the Broncos, and it's going to be a wild finish to the end. Uh, they're certainly not out of it. 
this window would have went a long way to helping their playoff chances. But, you know, Teddy B struggled. Now, the running game was working early, but due to falling behind, they couldn't really continue it. It had to pass. And it felt like any time they crawled back into it, Eagles were able to put it away. And look, the Eagles, they are 4-6. and six. They have five division games, four of which are against the Giants of Washington football team. They have the Saints at home. We know the Saints struggle outdoors, and, the, and Hurts beat them last year. They have the Jets. Like, I thought this Eagles team was going to suck at the beginning of the year, but here they are at 4-6, and six, one of the NFL's easiest remaining schedules. Like, it's very possible this team could go, I hate to say it, 5-2 down the stretch with how easy that schedule is, make it 9-8, and eight, and slip into the playoffs. Like, playoffs is not a very pretty picture right now for the NFC. Uh, two teams, one team that's looking pretty are the, are the Packers, not so much the Seahawks. Look, we had Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers who are back. Both clearly looked rusty. Rodgers looked like he had him practice for this team all week long. Uh, Russell Wilson looked like he came back from a finger injury. Uh, you know, both of them, their timings were off with their receivers. Uh, the big difference was Packers were able to establish a running game while the, uh, 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 Seahawks weren't. You know, Russ was just lost. All we heard, oh, miraculous recovery, rehab 19 hours a day, this, that. You know, maybe he should have stayed out. Probably the worst game of his career. He had just a 50% completion percentage. He threw two INTs, and it was awful. And look, they have an uphill climb. You know, for them, this, they have the Cardinals this weekend. The Cardinals are coming off a rough loss. The Seahawks, you know, Russell Wilson, is he still 100%? Very possibly they fall to 3-7. and seven. I mean, from there, the schedule really lightens up, which helps them. Well, you know, like, who really knows? Uh, like, who, like, who really knows what's going to happen with this team? It just, uh, I really don't know what to expect from from uh, Seattle at this point. Who knows? The Packers, again, they grind out an ugly win, so much what they did last year, what they did against Arizona. Uh, you know, Rodgers, you know, usually struggles into the AFC West, but this time he owns the AFC, now he's owned the NFC West this season. Uh, you know, Aaron Jones going to miss a couple weeks of sprained MCL. But now this is A.J. Dillon's team, and, you know, he, he's not a bad running back. Uh, go at least one-on-one against the Rams and the Vikings, and you're fine sitting pretty for that one seed. We already know the NFC North is theirs. The Panthers and the Cardinals. Yet another game where we see a Super Bowl contender fall an average in the middle of the pack team. Now, the Cardinals' defense... They didn't have Kyler Murray. They didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. We had the great Colt McCoy game last week against the Niners, but, like, you don't expect Colt McCoy to be like that in both games. Yeah, this was an emotional game for Carolina. Cam Newton was back. There was a lot of fire and swagger in the locker room. Ran for a touchdown. Threw for a touchdown. I love his running. Um, back! Touchdown screech where he got the flag. Like, who cares? Like, stop complaining, refs. Let him have fun. You know, P.J. Walker was solid, who's now 2-0 as a starter. Well, CMC reminded us of who he is. Carolina, they're back in the race after, you know, falling 5-5. Five and five. They hold that wild card spot now. Looks like Cam's the guy the rest of the way. Uh, they have Washington, Atlanta, and Miami the next three games. You have to be at worst 2-1 and one in that stretch. Go be 7-6, entering the final four games with two games against the Saints, the Bucks, and the Bills. Uh, yeah, so Carolina, like they're in this race as well. They could win some games. The defense is playing at a high level. Uh, watch out for them. Uh, the Cardinals, you know, I'm not going to worry. 
at one point their third stringer was in, like Chris Strebler, who I've never heard of. I don't think anybody except people from South Dakota have in the Cardinals. Uh, you know, like when you were that your QB one, your QB two, and your wide receiver one, bad games like this tend to happen. Chargers and the Vikings. It was a must-win victory for the Vikings. Had they lost, they'd be three and six and really struggling in the playoff race. But here we go. They win. Dalvin Cook was fantastic. Justin Jefferson was awesome as well. They moved to four and five. They're entrenched in the wild card race. Kirk was playing well. The Vikings, for once, they hold on to a lead. You know, they had the lead in this game throughout, but it could have happened where we get another Vikings choke job. But it doesn't happen here. They hold on. The defense limited Justin Herbert, who's now struggled in three of the last four games. Another interception today. Uh, Mike Williams, too. One reason why the offense has struggled, he's disappeared. After an incredibly hot start of the season, Mike Williams has just been gone the last four games. Uh, and the Chargers, who look like a lock in the AFC for the playoffs early on, they're no longer a lock. They're holding on to the lead, don't get me wrong. But from here, every, every game from here on out, <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, man. My phone's pissing me off. I was trying to record the video for this. There we go. Like, for the Chargers, every game here on out is pretty much a playoff game. They're, 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 they're sitting comfortably in front of that wild card race tied with the Patriots right now. But they have the Broncos twice. They have the Raiders. They have the Chiefs, who so they're going to be battling within the AFC West. Uh... They also have the Bengals. They have the Steelers. Pretty much all the teams left on the Chargers schedule, they're competing with in the playoff race. So it's going to be a brutal stretch of games. That's going to be tiring. It's really going to test the strength and the will of this team. Because here on out, every game now, every game is much a playoff game. They're going to have to take advantage of when they face the Giants. But you know that's really about it. The Giants are going to be... Really, the only easy game remaining on their schedule that's kind of a breeze. Other than that, though, tough stretch coming for the Chargers. It's going to tell, you know, is Herbert an elite quarterback? And if the Chargers survive this stretch and make it to the playoffs, especially if they win the AFC West, don't sleep on them to win the Super Bowl because they could, again, grind out a whole gauntlet schedule. And from there, they'd feel battle-tested. But they also could feel exhausted overall. Uh, you know, like Bengals, Steelers, Chiefs, two games against Denver, the Raiders. All those games are going to be pretty critical games for them coming up. Uh, and Vikings, we'll see how they do in the race. Big game next week against the 49ers. Both teams sitting at 4 and – they're at 4 and 5. The Niners are 5 and 5. Uh, no, they're both at 4 and 5, actually, in the playoff race. So, yeah, it's a big game next week, Vikings-Niners, to really get themselves as sort of one of those front runners for that last spot. And Sunday night football, you know, the Chiefs, it looks like that they're back. Look, it's been a rough start so far. There's no secret. The offense has had issues. The defense has been horrible. But through everything, they still sit in first place through 10 weeks of the season at 6-4. and four, And they decimated the Raiders, man. Absolutely decimated them. Mahomes had time in the pocket. Hill and Hardman were just getting open and running wild in the secondary. Defense was awesome, especially in the second half. And look, I mean, the Raiders, they weren't out of it until Deshaun Jackson it was 24 to 14, and any time the Chiefs scored, the Raiders were answering. Uh, Deshaun's wide open, should have a touchdown. For some reason, he flips the ball back. Kansas City gets the ball, drives, scores a touchdown, 17 point lead, complete 10 point swing. Or, no, this was a 14 point swing. Could go from being a three point game and all of a sudden a 17 point game. And from there on out, when the Raiders had to play a large comeback, 
the Chiefs shut down that offense. Back-to-back losses, a blowout loss at the Chiefs, a loss against the Giants, and they're 5-4. and four. They've come back down to earth after that 3-0, 5-2 start. The drama could have been too much for them. It was a good story early, but, you know, I just can't see them grounded the rest of the season. Now, I feel like Kansas City, they're fine. They'll get into the playoffs. But, hey, the schedule's tough coming up. They still got the Bengals, they got the Chargers, they got the Steelers, and they got Dallas all coming up uh, over these last seven-game stretch. Not, not easy sledding for these Bengals, for these Chiefs. And the Niners and the Rams last night, we had all the hype. Odell's on the Rams now. Obviously, you know, Robert Woods towards ACL. That sucked. Uh, Von Miller's gonna make his debut. And the second straight week, they lay a prime time. They lay an egg in a prime time game. And look, I'm not. People are saying, "Oh yeah, OBJ, you know, didn't do anything." Couldn't expect much more down his first game. Really, had just learned the offense this week. Uh, but the offense looked horrible overall. It was clear they missed Robert Woods. Matt Stafford had two interceptions. One of them being a pick six, and that deep that pick six. Stafford doesn't know that pick six. I win in fantasy, but of course he throws a pick six. Uh, Cooper Cobb, you know, had his worst game of the year. The numbers looked better than they actually were because of garbage time stats. But the offense looked lost. Consistent three and outs. Nick Bosa getting a lot of pressure on the Rams. Uh, they just I don't know what the offensive issue is. Like it's been really bad the last two games. This game you obviously miss Robert Woods, but the O line is just really not as good. You saw the O line really suffer the last two games. And there is reason to be worried right now. There's a lot of reason to be worried about the Rams. You know, the roster is loaded, but without Robert Woods, how fast can Odell pick up the offense? How fast can Van Jefferson step into a bigger role? These are going to be the keys to the Rams if they want to succeed and, be, and win the Super Bowl because no Woods is a huge loss. While Kyle Shanahan saves his season, gets the Niners back into the playoff race. And, you know, I'll talk about this playoff race. I mean, you know, the Niners get themselves back in. But the NFC is just a mess. You know, the Cowboys, the Packers, and the Bucks are all going to win their divisions. Cardinals and Rams are both in. One will win the division, one will win the NFC West. But that last two wildcard spots right now are just a mess. Everyone's in it except the Lions. I mean, the Bears, Giants, Washington football team, and Falcons, the other mathematically in it, I don't really see them getting in there. But, like, every team, like the, the Niners, the Vikings, the Saints, the Panthers, they have to be the front runners right now. But look, the Eagles... They're four and six. They have an easy schedule. They could sneak into the postseason as well. Seattle, you can never count out Russell Wilson. This is a big game against Arizona this week. And after that, the schedule really lightens up for them until uh, except for the Rams and Arizona. And all these teams, you know, the Vikings play the Niners this week. You have multiple teams within the same division competing for wild card spots. So every game feels like it's gonna matter here on out for these playoff spots. I'm excited for a wild chase in the NFC to end the season. The the AFC is also pretty wild. So I feel like we know the Bills are going to be in. Uh, I feel like we know the Titans are going to win the AFC South. Feels like the Chiefs and Ravens will be in whether they win the division or if it's a wild card. Uh, the, the Patriots, they uh, currently hold the lead in that wild card race. It feels like with that schedule, the Patriots should be good and should be in. Chargers, I talked about them. You know, They're one of the front runners now. But also, if, you know, they have that tough schedule coming up. The, the Braiders and Broncos are still alive. Uh, feels like they're sort of alive, but they're, for them, the battle's going to be a lot more uphill. And what about the AFC North? I mean, you have all four of those teams could literally win the division. The Ravens will probably either win the division or get a wild card, but the Browns, Bengals, and Steelers, they've all beat up on one another. It's That last wild card spot's probably going to come down to them. I imagine it's between those three teams and the three other AFC West teams for that last wild card spot. Uh, we have an awesome race coming down. Like, 
Browns beat blew up the Bengals. Bengals blew up the Steelers. Steelers beat the Browns. Uh, it's just been a revolving door. Those teams have beat up on one another. They're going to be competing all year long. Uh, they've had their moments. The Bengals with the blowout wins over the Ravens and Steelers. The Browns with their blowout win over the Bengals. Uh, the Steelers with their four-game winning streak. But they've all had their issues. The Steelers losing at home to the Raiders, struggling against the Bears, uh, getting into the loss against the Packers. Oh, the Steelers also beat the Bills. Credit to them for that win. Uh, the Browns, you saw them struggle this week against the Patriots big time. They saw that struggle they had against the Steelers. And the Bengals, losing to the Jets was a bad loss. And even lo- and the Bears game was also a bad loss for them. So, you know, like, I imagine one or two wild cards definitely come from the AFC North. The AFC West probably sends uh, another wild card, whether it's the Chiefs or Broncos or Raiders catch up. We have an awesome stretch coming down for the NFL season. And, like, it's very possible that, you know, I was looking at the NFL schedule. We'd end up the four division leaders are 12-4, and four, and the Eagles – the Vikings, the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Niners, all are entering the final season, or entering the final week. Uh, moving on now, college football, Ohio State, Purdue. I mean, the offense is just incredible. The big three of Jackson Smith and Jeba, Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson were all just incredible. At least nine catches and 85 yards and a touchdown for all of them. Garrett Wilson had three receiving touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. It seems like everyone's forgotten about him this season, but he's still just awesome. Oh, and over the, don't forget the running back deal we have. Mayan Williams had over 100 yards. Travion Henderson was a beast once again. I mean, they're both freshmen. They're both incredible. And I just love Travion Henderson. Stroud was great this game. Trying to get a Heisman campaign going for him. If you know He has a great game against Michigan and Michigan State, and Bama doesn't win the SEC. Like, it opens the door for Stroud. Defense I'm worried about. Now, I've been playing a lot better the recent weeks in terms of not allowing scoring, but they still were allowing the big plays, and they, just, they were bending but not breaking. Against Purdue, though, the defense was consistently struggling. Alex O'Connell was amazing. David Bell was amazing. And this, it was the defense that we saw early on in the season. That was very concerning. Uh, look, it wasn't a horrendous – I mean, it was, no, it was a horrendous defensive performance. Uh, like the, it was really, really bad. I was scared. The linebackers looked bad. Denzel Burke had his hands full with David Burke looking like a freshman. Savion Banks played horrible. Uh, overall, the defense didn't look good. Uh, you know, but for Purdue, they just couldn't play. They couldn't be the spoiler makers again. Uh, our offense was just way too good. I mean, we had our issues the past couple weeks. This game really resolved those issues. You know, Bell had the big drop late for the Purdue offense. That hurt them. Uh, for the defense, though, again, we didn't have any sacks, which has been one of the bread and butters of the recent success. Uh, last time the defense looked this bad, we made adjustments. I expect the same. Let's just win these next two games, man. Michigan State and Michigan. If we win, Big Ten championship game, let's go. Uh, Sing with the Big Ten. Michigan beats Penn State. And for the most part, it was just an awful game. No offense. You know, no team really scoring. Penn State, James Franklin making horrible calls, you know, with – the missed field goal, you know, the fake field goals, the one that was botched. Uh, Thought Michigan was going to choke this game away. They're up 14-7. Penn State ties it. They fumble. Penn State kicks a field goal. Thought the same old Michigan choke story. But here we go. Michigan, they get a big play. Uh, a 47-yard crossing route. 47-yard touchdown on a crossing route from a tight end. How do you do that as a defense? The tight end was way too open for a crossing route. And how do you let a tight end run 47 yards? Like, Michigan, they're rolling. They'll probably be at six this week. 
And that Ohio State Michigan game is gonna be huge. You know, while Jim Harbaugh, he's probably saved his job. Even if they lose to Ohio State and go ten and two, I think he saved his job. But James Franklin, man, like I think he should be done. It feels like he's peaked at Penn State. The play call in the last couple seasons has been questionable, especially those fake field goals. At this point, you know, there was rumors, oh, is Franklin gonna leave for USC? Is Franklin gonna leave for LSU? I mean, like, I don't think either of those teams should go after James Franklin. I don't think he's you know, he's a good coach, but he's not a great coach. You know, Penn State reached their ceiling under him. I don't think that Penn State's gonna, you know, do anything as ever gonna make a playoff under him. I think that, you know, their ceiling is ten and two with Franklin. It's time for them to move on. And we'll see who will go after Franklin. I don't think USC or LSU should be jumping to get him, though. Uh, sticking in the Big Ten as well. Quick game. Like, I have two friends. One with the Indi- I have friends with one of the Rutgers, friends with one of the Indiana. They played each other. And Rutgers just rode Indiana, man. Their second consecutive Big Ten win. They're 5-5. Five and five. They have a chance to clinch a bowl game, either with a home win at Maryland in front of the fans or with a win at Penn State, which I know would make the fans extremely satisfied knowing their hate for Penn State. Auburn, Mississippi. Now we're going to move on. SEC talk. Auburn, Mississippi State. I mean, I mean, I'm an idiot for betting the under this game. Auburn was blowing out Mississippi State. Felt like an easy win. But then 28-3. But the second half, Auburn choked. The offense couldn't get anything going. Will Rogers and that Mike Leach offense came back. They win this game 43-34. One of the biggest choke jobs I've seen ever from a school like Auburn. Mississippi State stuns them, wins. They're bowl eligible. And, like, watch, like, this team could enter back in the rankings right now. Will Rogers is playing at a high level. The Mike Leach offense is finally succeeding. Georgia, Tennessee. Look, Tennessee, they were in the game early, up 10 to 7. Like, do we have a game here? But Georgia's Georgia. They're just too good. They end up rolling Tennessee at the end, winning the game. They're going to stay at number one, obviously. Uh, Ole Miss versus A&M. A&M just folded in this game. Like They've been rolling recently. But the, one of the biggest things for them early in the season, the offense couldn't score. And that was the case once again here. And this was against an Ole Miss defense. That's one of the worst in the SEC. Uh, they shut out to A&M in the first half, who nearly makes it a game. But here we go. They have two fourth-quarter turnovers that lead to 14 points for the Rebels, who end up closing this game out. Uh, it, was, it was very early, early season A&M-like. Well, Ole Miss... They make their case for the best two-loss team in the country. Uh, Wake Forest, they beat NC State in a fun, high-scoring game. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma, see ya Sooners. The Sooners, they played horrible. Caleb Williams struggled all game, and he got benched for Rattler, and Rattler also played like ass. This game could have been more of a blowout, but Baylor, they ended up leaving points on the board. And for Oklahoma... I always, you know, people said, oh, why are they at eight when they're undefeated? I thought eight was right. They hadn't beat anybody. They show it against bad teams. They finally get their toughest matchup of the season in Baylor, and Oklahoma folds. Playoff chances are done, and an embarrassing, awful loss for the Sooners, who played horrible, and finally their horrible play caught up to them all season. Baylor storms the field with still time left on the clock, and that was awesome. Hilarious. They have to clear the field. Lincoln Riley getting all pissed off, and then Baylor... To add, you know, add insult to injury, kicks a field goal, just rub it in Oklahoma's face. They win the game. Sooners lose. Also win for the Baylor Bears. See ya, Oklahoma. I knew that, you know, they should never made the, they should not be sniffing the playoff all year. Had they gone defeated, maybe they would have. But nope. See ya, Sooners. You're not making the playoff at all. OTC, Oklahoma State, though, like, they, they're the Big 12's best chance to, win, to make it to the playoff right now. 
They win 63-17, to rolling TCU. Look, they went out, and Bam loses to Georgia. Oregon loses to Utah. They're probably in. And even if one of those things happens, and it, it's very possible, they went out, and the, the committee's between them and Cincinnati for that last playoff spot. Quick other things from the Big 12. Texas Tech beats Iowa State a 62-yard field goal. Like, when the hell do you see that in college? 62 yards? The leg on this guy is incredible, and that was absolutely awesome. Kansas versus Texas. Well, looks like Texas is not back. I mean, what an embarrassing loss to Kansas. Kansas hadn't won a Big 12 game on the road since 2008. That is 13 years. Texas was 30.5 point favorites. And Kansas comes in and beats the Longhorns. An unbelievably embarrassing loss for the Longhorns. Horns down, baby. Just so funny. I mean, it's been a disaster for them. They've lost five losses in a row. They're set to lose like 40 guys this this season, like a whole roster turnover. Probably not making it to a bowl game. The Steve Sarkeesian era has been off to a rough start. And like for him, how and then we all question we should be asking. How long until we go back to Steve Sarkeesian hitting the bottle again? Uh, but that's it for college football. We're gonna have some playoff rankings come out tonight. We're gonna have the same top seven with Ohio State. I mean, with uh, Georgia, Bama, Oregon, Ohio State, Cincinnati, Michigan, Michigan State. Probably that same order, I would imagine. Eight, my guess is they move Notre Dame to eight or, or maybe Oklahoma State to eight. They'll probably be eight and nine. Ten will either be Baylor or Ole Miss, depending on who the committee sees as the best two-loss team. You know, Baylor beat a higher-ranked team than Ole Miss, so we'll see. Uh, but that's it. College basketball, quick touch on. So there wasn't too much like exciting stuff. I mean, Ohio State, I touched on their game against Akron, where we won at the buzzer. We struggled against Niagara early. We ended up winning in the second half. You know, it wasn't the best start, although E.J. Ladeau goes off and dropping 29 points that game. He's been a beast so far. Against Bowling Green, he had his lowest scoring total thus far with 13, but played just 20 minutes, shot 6 of 8, as we just rolled Bowling Green, uh, absolutely decimating them. Zed Kia, 12 and 9s, Aaron's hit three threes. The sophomores off the bench. Michi Johnson, Eugene Brown combined for 25 points. We play Xavier on Thursday, and that's our first real test of the season. Uh, Florida, they beat Florida State. I said don't sleep on the Gators. They dominated FSU in the second half. You know, FSU, their lineup is not the strongest as it's been. Florida has a deep balanced lineup with all their seniors. I've talked about that. That experience is going to help this team. Uh, Gonzaga, they roll Texas. Marcus Carr's off to a rough start. I think with Texas, like I said, it's going to be a rough start early on because all these trenches are coming together and they're going to have to gel. I mean, the Zags just, like, are amazing. Drew Timmy at 37, probably one player of the year, like I said. Just awesome. UCLA Nova was a pretty good game, so I was watching it, fell asleep at halftime, woke up right before regulation ended, saw a game OT and fell asleep in OT, but Zhu Zhang had 25-8. and eight. Uh, Jack Jr., Galepsi, and Jaden Samuels all played great. Pretty fun game to watch, but UCLA, people question if their number two was legit or a product of their playoff run. They at least prove that they deserve to be number two. I'm going to wrap up with the NBA. You know, the Knicks' recent game, last three games. It was a miserable game against the Bucs uh, on last week. You know, like the last game against the Bucs, they start slow. But this time there was no second-half comeback, comeback. They got torn to shreds in the third quarter. Randall struggled, as the whole starters did. The bench sort of kept us in this game, but that was it. The Knicks played the Hornets on Friday. Embarrassing. First quarter, they're up 16, 34 to 18. Offense looks great. Kemba can't miss. 
you know, their second quarter is not as good, but they're still up nine. And again, the third quarter, it all falls apart. Randall, Fournier, R.J. Barrett were all awful. Burke sparked the bench while Kemba sparked the starting lineup. They were down 16 at the end of, they're up 16 at the end of the first. Down four by the end of the third. They end up losing by eight. Bridges and Hayward dominate the second half. We couldn't grab a board over Lamella, who had 17 rebounds. A really embarrassing loss. And then last night was against the Pacers. Again, the starting lineup struggles. The offense starts slow. The, for the first eight, of the first 32 points, the offense had just 14 of it. The starting lineup did. And Onkemba had eight of those points. Uh, the bench, though, in the second quarter, Rose, IQ, and Toppin led a spark. And they chose by just one at the, end of the, at the end of the second. Third quarter strikes again. The offense goes cold against the Pacers. They're getting easy looks. We're down 12. To their credit, the defense played better at the end of the third. They cut at the five. But again, it was more the starting lineup struggling, putting this team in rough situations. Fourth quarter, though, the bench sparks us, leads a huge comeback. IQ's amazing. Did it was four for four from downtown. Big plays on defense. Some good shots, smart shots on offense. Uh, Alec Burks hits a couple big threes. RJ Barrett, after a rough first half, he gets going in the second half. And for the time, credit to the defense. They held the Pacers just 10 points, 2 of 21 shooting in the fourth quarter. They played awesome. RJ struggled for most of the game until the second half, especially the three that put the game away. Randall struggled. The other guys stepped up. Rose, Kemba, IQ, you know, Toppin provided a short spark off the bench. Alec Burks had a big quarter, and we get a big win. Now, with the Knicks, it's been a struggle. The starting lineup has really struggled. Kemba's been a lot better recently. Mitch is good defensively, but Randall has been a show of himself from last season. Fournier had the great star, but he's been ice cold lately. RJ Barrett's been inconsistent. The bench is what's continuously doing great things for the Knicks. Rhodes has been awesome off the bench. IQ and Toppin have provided, you know, some spurts and sparks, along with Alec Burks. Even Taj Gibson's providing good defense. You know, since with that starting lineup, it's been a lack of ball movement, a lack of chemistry. Sometimes the offense gets stagnant. It's, I think some changes need to be made in that lineup. Uh, look, this team... The Knicks are good. You know, that was a big one against the Pacers. But the East is deep. Like I'm, I'm going to touch on this a little more in my next episode. But you know, the Nets, Sixers, Bucks, and Heat feel like locks for the postseason. But 5-13 through 13 feels like a race that can be separated by just like five, six, seven games. And the Knicks, they have to be these teams like the Pacers. They, the starting lineup has to get better. I'm definitely a bit worried about this team. I can't lie. I have to do all my worries about the Knicks. They just haven't been the team that we saw last season thus far. Uh, again... That's that's it though. I'm probably I'm gonna have an episode where I break down the first month of the NBA coming up on Friday. Uh, but that's it. Again, this is a good big big episode. I want to thank everybody who supported the podcast thus far. Remember, go follow the Birds Eye View podcast on Instagram for all my latest episode releases. Go follow Jay Birds Eye View on Twitter for all my latest live reactions to games and everything going on. Thank you everybody and have a great rest of your day.